This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and happy International Sweatpants Day. Um, I know that a lot of us are probably very accustomed to sweatpants at this point due to working from home and being home more. It's also National Cheesy Socks Day, which, again, I'm sure a lot of us have uh, accumulated quite a few cheesy socks over these last several months. Um, It is also National Hugging Day, which is sad because a lot of us can't hug our friends and family, but just keep them in your thoughts and reach out to them and say hello. But you can hug your puppy, which is National Hug Your Puppy Day. And um, so be sure and hug your dog because they've been hanging out with you in your while you've been wearing those sweatpants and those cheesy socks. Um, and it's a good thing because they have definitely kept a lot of people sane over these last few months. And something else that's kept us all sane is have been books and really great, fabulous books. And there's a new book out that you guys need to know about, and it's called Wrangled by Lilith. And it is about, it is written by the person that I'm talking to today, Remy Carrington, who is also Pamela Humphreys. And she likes both of them, love romance and chocolate, and enjoys disappearing into a good book and considers people watching a sport. She was born in the pages of the novel Just um, just You, which is Remy Carrington was, and then she grew into an alter ego for Pam Humphreys. She writes, uh, Remy writes sweet romance and sweet romantic comedy set in Texas, and you can find her at Facebook, Instagram, and her website, and her newest book, like I said, Wrangled by Lilith, is out today. So welcome to the show. How are you today, dear? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you've got your sweatpants and your cheesy socks ready to go? Yes, absolutely. That's the uniform. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is the uniform. Um, yeah, I've, I've found a lot of socks. I'm like, oh, I did get these like six months ago um, or however long, and they've been sitting in like the bottom of the bin. So, yeah, we've been finding all sorts of fun surprises um, here as we also clean while we're home a lot more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So tell me, you have in your id here that your this alter ego of yours, Remy, is um, she was born from the page from the novel Just You. So tell me about how she came about. Um, the novel Just You has older characters in it, and the the main female character had a friend, and and Remy just as I wrote that character, she kind of came to life, and um, and then I when I wanted to um, have a pen name for my sweet romance and my sweet romantic comedies, I just decided that she, she was that person. And in the book, she was a writer, so it, it made sense. And so I went with her. But she was, she was a character first and then became a pen name. I love it. So tell me about your newest release, Wrangled by Lilith. So Wrangled by Lilith is set in Texas, set in the Texas Hill Country. And mm-hmm. it's a, about... A woman who um, is recently divorced and um, very bitter uh, and has sworn off men, um, and she ends up stranded and um, getting rescued by a local cowboy. And so okay. um, that's that's how the book starts. There's a lot of banter, um, but it's always got the happy ending. All my books have the happy sure. ending. Well, and did you 
when you wrote it, did you decide to go with a fictitious town or are you setting it in an actual town? It is with a fictitious town. Um, I have a town called Stodberg, and this is next to that town set in the hill, okay. hill country. And what is it based on? What towns did you base it on? Stodberg is probably a little bit like comfort or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, if you drive – when you're driving through Texas, if you ever drive east-west, you're going to hit 10 I-10, a lot of people, and then you can drive straight across the state on I-10, and um, you definitely mm-hmm. see comfort off of I-10 when you're coming either into or out of San Antonio, um, and it's just a, you know, it's just a little town right there near the interstate. Um, they always have great blue bonnets out there. Um, yes. That's always a great place to go visit, yeah. So, and are you from that area? I live in San Antonio, and so I'm not far from there, and I try to get out there as often as possible. Not as much this past year, but. <laughs> right. I know. And so what, um, are you developing other books from the series? So are you developing other characters, or were there characters that you initially, when you were plotting the books, you said, oh, I'm going to write about this person next, and then a different character spoke to you more, and you went with that one, or how did that plot, how did that plot out? So the next book of is going to be about one of the secondary characters in it, but it also um, crosses into another series of mine. Um, I have a, another romantic comedy series set in the same area, set in the same town, uh, called Never Say Never, and that's the series name. And a side character in that will appear in book two of this series. And uh, Okay. So. so a lot of crossover. That's great. So this is the first of your Stargazer Springs Ranch series. That's correct. Okay. And then the, the, the crossover is to which series? Never Say Never. Never Say Never. Okay. So a little James Bond-esque name there. Um, that's, that's cool. cool. <laughs> so There are things we promise ourselves that we will never do, and sometimes we end up doing them. Oh, you know, yeah, that's true. That's very true. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have probably said that over the last several months just because we see how quickly things can change. But also that whole, you know, I'm never going to do that. It's like, you know what, now's the time to do those different things. So it's definitely been an interesting close to a year now um, of what everybody's going through. So, yeah. How long did it take you to write this first book? This book, um, I, I, I wrote it in about two months last year, and then I set it aside for a while. Um, okay. And then, and then went back to it and um, revised it and spent some more time doing that. Um, but initially it took me about two months to put the story to paper. And do you, do you write from beginning to end, or do you write like, ser- like uh, scenes and then put things together? How do you do that? Typically, I write from beginning to end. Um, okay. I, my writing the ending is my reward for writing the middle. So I don't typically write the end until I've gotten there. <laughs> Does it always plot out the way you anticipate? No. Um, <laughs> I I don't usually put down put down an outline because uh, the story takes its own route once I start writing. So. I always know right. a, 
approximately where it will end up. Sure. But sure. Do you um so what has been your favorite couple to write about so far and then what couple have you not written about and want to? So Bo and Lilith might be my favorite couple. So far. Yeah. Um writing the banter with these two was was an enormous amount of fun. Um and the couple that I haven't written yet that I am looking forward to, um, there's a lot of those. But I think um, one of the secondary characters in this book is Ava, and she um, she works on the ranch, she cleans house, she cooks. Um, and I think Ava's story is the one that I'm looking most forward to writing right now, and I haven't started it, um, but I'm really looking forward to her happily ever after. Oh, fabulous! So, have you introduced her her um, her happily ever after guy yet? Or are we meeting him in the book that you're writing? He um, he shows up as a a bit character in some of my other books. Um, okay, and so he actually is at the end of Bo and Lilith, but he's not named in that. He's just there in the scene, um, and so he's been around, but he we will meet him more so in her book. Okay. Okay. So in the Blue Bonnets and Billionaire series, you have that series and then you have so there's what eight books in that one? Yes. Okay. And then you have uh, romantic comedies with the Never Say Never series. And then I mean you've got plenty for people to, you know, if you're a new to if you are a new to them author, um, you've got tons of books here to keep people plenty busy. So um, how long have you been writing? I started writing in my 40s. I've been writing, I guess, about six years, four, okay. five, five to six years now. And what was the catalyst that made you write? Because you were always a big reader, correct? Yes, I've always been a reader. Um, I've always loved romance novels. Um, so I started writing... Um, after doing genealogy research, and okay. I found a christening record um, for my great great grand aunt for a child that we hadn't seen on census records or anything else, and and it was interesting. And there were some things about it that made it even more interesting. That sent me searching a little bit more about um, about Petra was the character was the person's name and and her husband, and in doing that, you. I wondered what her story was beyond what we could see on paper, the documentation that people leave behind. And so I wrote, I sat down and just started writing what I imagined her story was. Um, And I got about halfway through and I sat it aside and then I gave it to my mom one day and I said, well, what do you think of this? She called me after she finished and she said, well, where's the rest of it? I said, well, I haven't written it yet. And she said, but you're going to. (laughs) So I did. And and then after that, I think the world just kind of showed itself as a story, and then I'd been bitten, and so I just kept writing. Yeah. It's it's amazing what the different catalysts are that kind of propel us into those, those storytelling modes because, you know, like you're saying, you were always a reader, but to sit down and tell that story, um, that's just it's, – it's interesting, isn't it, how it just kind of takes over in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really interesting. So when you were writing about this person, was it um, set, uh, 
like historic or was it set how you felt like her life would have been now? It was set historic. Um, they were okay. in, uh, in the Seguin area. Um, and so the story uh, follows her, and that's in the 1880s. Um, but okay. it also tells the story of the family from the 1700s forward and how they came up from Mexico. And storytelling is a big part of that book. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I know that there's a – and, I, you know, maybe this is just kind of the universe telling me I should just go ahead, but there's been this story in our family. It was on my father's mother's mother's side. So it was her mother and aunt arrived in New York mm-hmm. in like the 1880s, um, and they had a picture pinned to their sh- their clothes, and they were little girls, like less than five, and um, it was a picture of their parents, and on the back, we still have the picture, and on the back it said, you know, thank you for taking the girls, and we'll see you soon, and so um, they came from France, and <gasps> so the family took the family arrived, I guess, at the church or wherever the children were taken once they got off the boat. Um, and we, the best we can put together is, so their father was a ship captain, and my great-great-grandfather was a ship captain, so the Davises, and they didn't have any children, so they offered to take the children because the men knew each other. We assume maybe the mom was sick with tuberculosis probably um, mm. or something, and so they sent the children away, but we don't know if the Davises absconded the girls or if the parents just never came because there was nothing else. And, oh. um, yeah, and so I just think about them like, crap. And, but, of course, my great-grandmother, this was her mom and her aunt, and anything that she did know about it, she wouldn't say. So mm. uh, we think that she thought they were Ill- illegitimate, and I don't oh. know if they actually were or not. Right. So, you know, and so when it was talked about, she would like shut down. So we don't know what the story is. Um, so I just can't even imagine the whole play out. So I'm trying to get my French better. So when I, if I can go on ancestry boards in France and actually post and read something that someone may write. Um, but yeah, no, we don't know. We don't know. We know about when they came over. Mm. We have the picture, we have the names, um, but we don't know. We just flat out don't know. What a fabulous story. I mean, just as far as how gripping it is. um, Right. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I've like, you know, I've wondered if I should write the, you know, the dual timeline type thing to see if you can, we can piece things together. Um, But it would be, I keep hoping that there'll, there'll be some sort of European hit off of Ancestry, but so far not so much. So, um but we'll see how it plays. But yeah, maybe you telling me that you did all that is me is the universe saying it's time to write it. So that would be so. cool. I think that's true. <laughs> so you will be going in the in the dedication. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Which I mean, you know, I think that that's. I know that a lot of people haven't been getting together, obviously, for obvious reasons in the last several months. But um, having those writer friends is just essential. Um, How has that played for you for writing? I am involved in some online groups. And then uh, a couple of people that I know locally through groups here in San Antonio, um, we've kept in touch. We do a lot of Zoom calls and things like that. Um, But we've kept in touch so that 
we can encourage each other as we write because it is really important. Right. And, you know, writing is so solitary as it is. And now we're all, you know, a lot of people are kind of forced into a situation of not being, not being social. Um, and that does, I'm sure how it, I'm sure it hinders the creative, the creative buzz. Right. Because I, I love people watching and yes. So my neighbors probably think I'm strange that I just watch them walk down the sidewalk when they pass my window. But, you know, that's about all the people watching I get right now. So, Right. And it's not the same when you see, like, neighbors fighting on, on the, the social media pages <laughs> with each other. It's just no, not. Not at all the same. I mean, yeah, no. It's, it can be entertaining sometimes, but it's just not the same. Um, right. Which, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always very interesting to see what people get upset over. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. So, um, but if the neighborhood's big enough, of course, you're not sure who that person is sometimes. So usually just, I, I usually just stay away. I'm like, I'm not posting anything. I'm just going to like literally walk <laughs> away from the computer very slowly. Um, you know, it's one of those moments if, if I move slowly, they won't see me. Um, you know, Bye. yeah, it's Exactly. So you've got so you've got your romantic comedies going. Have is there another genre that you want to write about and have it yet? Uh, I don't think so. I've uh, my first full the the one that I wrote based on genealogy was a novella, and it wasn't wasn't all that long. Um, and then after that, I wrote romantic suspense, and I'm sweet romance and uh recently i've started writing romantic comedy and that's where i feel most at home so right now i can't Mm -hmm. imagine branching out to a bunch of different things but um i i don't always stick to one thing either sure i mean why romantic comedy what is it about it that makes you want to write more about it i love the the lightness and the laughter um and especially now i think that I needed to write it as much as people wanted to read it, um, mm-hmm. given everything going on. But I really, I just enjoy, you know, humor woven through the story um, and sometimes scenes that are larger than life and that you can be thankful didn't happen to you, that kind of thing. Sure. Or even sometimes just you got through it and someone else who's going to read it has gotten through it. So they're yes. like, okay, yeah, there is light at the other, on the other end of it. Um, and that's, that's, I think the laughter for sure. We need to keep, we need to definitely keep it because right now there's a lot of frustration going on for sure. In general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you've got this next one due coming out and I'm looking here. Um, you have pre-order. So right now wrangled with wrangled by Lilith is 99 cents. And then yes. you've got your pre-order out for um, the Enchanted with jo- jo- Joji. Mm-hmm. Joji. Okay. Her Joji. name. Uh, okay. Um, and that's coming out in March, so um, not yes. too long. Uh, right. How far out? I mean, how you, you do you have the book already done, or is it something that you're just doing a fine-tuning on? Or, um, I mean, what is your process? I'm still I'm in doing the fine tuning on that one. Um Okay. I, I finished up I wrote the ends not long ago. 
I didn't actually type the end, but finished up the story not long ago, and I'm doing the fine-tuning on it. And um, and then I will you know, send it to um, a group of beta readers that I have and, you know, make sure that they don't read it and say, well, this is awful. You really should start over, you know. And so um, right. you get some feedback, and then, and then any revisions that need to be made after that, and then I will uh, release it. And so uh, I'm excited about the second book. Um, I've already had one of my early reviewers ask me if that couple was getting a book, and so I was happy to say that, yes, they're in book two. Um, so. I love it. Well, and, you know, it's it's. I always love it when people write to you and say, are we, you know, is this happening? Are, are you going to write about these people? And it's just, it's just, um, it's got to be, it's just a good feeling, you know, when people are just, yes. are that, invested in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's cool. <laughs> Although sometimes you're like, okay, you do know they're fictional, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally sometimes fine people, if you think they're real. I have no problem yes, with that. <laughs> yes. Sometimes though, people do get a little bit excited and you're like, okay, just bit. like calm down. I promise it's going to happen. Just, Sorry. you know, um, yeah, yeah. I have laundry and, yeah. Um, so what do you use in regard to um, the formatting? Because I know a lot of people, some people are really good at just knowing how to format. Um, but I've heard Venmo is a good one, draft to digital I mean, what is your, what do you use? I use Vellum. Um, okay. I, I'm sorry, Vellum, not Venmo. Down. Vellum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I used to sit down and use um, Adobe software in design to lay out all the internal pages. And uh-huh. while it turns out a beautiful product in the end, it takes a significant amount of time. Vellum is yeah. much shorter and turns out a beautiful book for just a few minutes' work. And so that is what I use. Yeah, I've noticed, I've, I've talked to several people, and they're like, oh, this is just the easiest thing ever. Um, and I, you know, I keep sitting there looking at it going, okay. Um, you know, you know what's holding me up is I want to buy it, and then I get to to checkout, and it says enter coupon. Like if you have one, and I'm like, well, where is the coupon? <laughs> I can't find one. Um, and I actually tech, I actually wrote to Bellum, and I'm like, you guys have any coupons floating around? Because the I go online to look at look for coupons, and they don't have any. There's not any out there. Um, and I've been in different Facebook pages just to see, you know, if, if there's like a special, um, and there's not. But I always get to that. I just kind of stall because I'm like, oh, I could. If I wait out the coupon, maybe you know, um, I'll get like ten percent. You'll save twenty dollars. I will. I'll save twenty dollars, and I'll just be stressing this whole entire time that I'm using just to like do a stupid formatting. But I really, I love the 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 setup because you know you put a book in there initially, and it shows you what it is, but it also shows yes. you what it is in all of the other devices. Yes, which is amazing. Right, because some of the some of the vendors support drop cap letters and some don't, and they will put it out in whatever format that vendor needs, which is wonderful. Yeah, I mean that is that is a huge time saver there. Yes, because I have seen a ton of books, and I guess they're good, but after a while, it's just so badly formatted. I'm like, I can't, you know, I just it's like I'm done. Um, and that's sad because, you know, I know it takes a lot of time to format a book. I mean, to write a book, much less the formatting part. Um, yes. 
So, and so no, let me qualify for anybody listening. Vellum is not sponsoring the show. I'm just trying to get feedback um, because I have talked to other friends and I just need to suck it up and deal. And if I'm going to get them, I get it. But I've also heard draft to digital has something, but I haven't used, I haven't seen that yet. But they don't have a print version. No, they don't have a print version. As far as I know, I haven't, they have been adding prints, so they might have that now, but I haven't used it. Um, I have used their ebook formatter and it does a nice job. There's, there's fewer presets with Draft2Digital, um, okay. but it turns out a nice product, and it's easy. It's, it's as easy as Vellum. You just don't have okay. quite as much control. Oh, I see. I see. But, I mean, the Draft2Digital is free, and the Vellum yes, is not. It's right. Correct. Mm. And Vellum also, also, also only works on a Mac, and so I had to invest That's in a right. Mac to do it. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, they were working. I no, they weren't. They were say, They said they weren't working on a um, a PC version as of yet. So that's right. Um, okay. So well, all right. That kind of helps too. So um, well, we'll see how this plays. But it's good to know. It's always good to get a good good feedback. Um, but I do like the uh, reduced time factor on it. So that's a huge deal. Yes, and both of those options, draft to digital and vellum, will reduce your time immensely. Hmm. Yeah, I remember when all this, all the the self pubbing pubbing really took off. Like it was what 2011, 2012, and people were really like, ad, not admit. I don't. The word's not admitting, but I mean saying, yeah, this is what I'm doing, um, owning owning it, and um, people were going line by line to format their stuff. And it was just huge, huge amounts of time. Um, And, of course, now we have these things. So uh, there you are. New stuff for someone thinking about all that. So what have you – you've got the the second romantic comedy coming up. And then what's coming after that? Is it that – is it an, a third book in the series? Are you going to add to the the, uh, other series? What's next? So – I actually have two books coming out in March. Book two in the Stargazer Springs Ranch will be releasing, and then book four in the Never Say Never series will be releasing. Um, And so those will be releasing in March, and then I haven't yet set the release schedule for the books after that, but there will be at least one more in the Stargazer Springs Ranch, probably more than that. Um, Okay. And there will be um, two more after book four in the Never Say Never series. Okay. Do you have, when you sat down and, and initially decided you were going to write these series, do you say, okay, I'm going to write this many books in a series? And is that what you're sticking to? Or are you saying, well, I want to write at least this many and see where it goes? No, usually I, it, the characters, it's, it's usually driven by the characters. And so with sure. Stargazer Springs, I had, I could tell from the first book that I had at least three books from the characters that were in it. Um, but writing book two, another character has walked onto the page, and so I'm pretty sure there's going to be a fourth book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's like, oh, thanks for showing up. Um, yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, it's, I, I don't know if um, – so years ago, Pam Morrissey did this really great uh, – just talk about – characters and how characters show up and um, Mm -hmm. building that backstory and such. And so she had been, she'd been writing this book about this guy who's, 
you know, he, his parents had died and blah, blah, blah. And he's, she said she was writing, and one day the father shows up, and she's like, wait, wait, what are you doing? You're dead. Go away. And so she, like, erased him. Um, and um, she's so great at telling the story. And so she's like, so the next day she's writing, and the dad showed up again. And she's like, no, no, you're dead. Go away. And um, so by the third day, the guy showed up again, and she's like, okay, fine. Let's see how this works. And she said it made her story stronger because, you know, there was this dynamic with the main character and this dad who'd done whatever. And so it was easier to do with an actual character there versus like just in the, you know, dealing with stuff, backstory or, you know. And um, right. so, yeah, but she, she, the, the way she told it was great. It's like, no, you're dead. Go away. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> sometimes these characters just arrive. You're like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> Yes, and I, I know it's my subconscious, right? But it doesn't feel that way. It feels like a character walks up and introduces himself. Right. Yeah, it's it's just funny how sometimes things happen. And it's I love the fact that we have um, friends and, you know, writer friends that get this. So when people are hearing it and they're like, what do you mean this character showed up? I mean, they're talking to you. Are you okay? Um, <laughs> like, no, really. It's, it's, it's all normal. I promise. Yes. All totally normal stuff. Um, so what has, what other than writing, um, what are your plans for this year, do you think? Your tentative plans. My tentative plans. So my, my plans for January are to clean out my pantry, and I know that will make my husband um, very, very happy. It, mm-hmm. it has accumulated lots of stuff over the past year, so it really needs to be cleaned out. And so that's my project for the end of the month. Um, I figured after my release, then I can can I do that and tackle it without having distractions. Um, right. So that's that's one of my big ones that's coming up soon. But organizing lots of stuff is on my list for this year and mm-hmm. cleaning out more stuff because when you are with your stuff all the time, you kind of realize what you really don't need. And I'm, I'm in the mood yeah. to get rid of it now. Right. Yeah. When you're home, it, it, when you're not home as often, it's definitely like, okay, that's fine. Um, but when you're home all the time, you're like, why do I still have that box? What's in there? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, oh. Yeah, it's actually Get a Balanced Life Month and Get Organized Month. So, yeah, I oh. totally get it. So you're right on the money for it. Uh, um, well, good to know. Yes. Yes, very much. And so I decided to, I, you know, being home all this time and, and I was looking around and I, I decided to um, get organized with my books because I have way too many and my husband keeps saying, so you're getting rid of these, right? I'm like, no. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> So I actually decided to get super organized. So I went through and separated. So fiction, nonfiction, right? I set it up like like Barnes & Noble would. So I separated all that, oh. and then I'm doing subcategories. Um, I have a lot of time, um, and I'm avoiding <laughs> writing. So um, so I put all this. So now I know where my, all my reference books are, which is great, because now I can find them. Uh, and my kid. It, but it's one of those things, it's like, well, this seems kind of a mindless task, but then you realize how many books you have, and you're going, oh, well, yeah, I guess i got to do something about that. So, um, But I found a, a, um, an app that you can scan all your books, 
<gasps> and there's several. Yeah. So I think it's called Books Bookshelf. Bookshelf. I can send you the icon, and I, I'll post it right up of the show. Yes. And no, it's not sponsoring our show. But um, it, you scan it because there's several of them out there that I've tried, and it's like like 50 or percent or more would have wouldn't come up. The ISBN number wouldn't come up, and I don't want to sit there and type them all in. But this one was right. like maybe 10, 10% wasn't coming up. And I was like, oh, fabulous. Um, but I had, you can sign up to six people on this app. So if you have several people in your house and everyone can scan in their books. So oh, wow. I'm not, sta- yeah, I'm not standing there when I do escape to Target every once in a while or Barnes & Noble even rarely. saying they're going, okay, I know I've looked at this book, but I can't remember if I bought it or if I thought about buying it. <laughs> I, don't I may know. have bought a book twice. I might have. Or may have twice. bought a book twice. Do I want to buy it a third? I'm not sure. So now <laughs> I know. So yeah, but I still I'm still having trouble finding shelf space. But I I I watch that show, The Home Edit, um, and they do everything by color, which oh, wow. sounds great, like for your pantry and stuff like that or whatever. But they do bookshelves, and I'm just like I couldn't find anything if we did it that way. No, I think I like the fiction, nonfiction, and subcategories much better. I mean, the only thing I could for sure find would be like all the Harlequin stuff. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I have my project for February now because my my books are sort of all over the place. And I couldn't tell you some books, whether I actually have them or if I used to have them and got rid of it or – I, I really need that app, so please yeah, send me yeah, information. I, was, I will, you know, and it's cool because I'm like, oh, I was going to read that. Um, <laughs> and, it was, you know, <laughs> kind of think, oh, oh, I love this book, you know, that kind of thing. Or why do I have this? Um, I have a lot of um, diet books, which I'm like, I'm not going to do all these. Uh, so I need to donate. And so I'm going to donate them to the library because That's my good. feeling is if I'm really, really, really – on the fence about it, my feeling is I'll donate to the library so I can go back and check it out if I really want to use it again, um, which means I won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you are. But, yeah. That's right. But that's it's, a great way yeah, to think it's about good. it. Right. Well, and then someone else can use it. So, exactly. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, thank goodness for libraries because I know that that's helped a lot of people too. Um, with yes. with also you know just just uh, having some escapism and I'm sure for also for research purposes too um, there have been plenty of that so authors good good for authors all around thank you authors wherever you are so it's good stuff um, and speaking of that what authors have kept you uh, your have helped your escapism these past several months so um, Shari Tapscott. Um, she has some romantic comedies, uh, 27 Ways to Find a Boyfriend and 27, I think they're both 27 Ways, um, and 27 Ways to Mend His Broken Heart. Those two, I really adored those books. They were funny and um, swoon-worthy heroes. They they were really good, and I'm hoping she adds to that series because yeah. – um, I have a few characters from the two books there that I, I want to know their stories, and so I'm waiting for those. Um, Emma St. Clair has a lot of great books. Um, 
and uh, Sarah Adams is another that I've read quite a bit. Um, so there are a lot of great books out there, uh, a lot of great oh, indie yeah. authors. Yes, very much so. Um, and it's just it's it's uh, it's impossible to write them all and re- I mean to read them all. But I mean they're just so exactly. good. There's so many. Um, do you tend to stick to sweet romance when you read, or do you do different levels? Or I mean, what what is your choice? Majority of what I read is sweet romance, but um, occasionally I've read some others, um, and uh, and I enjoy them. I just I tend to read sweet romance more than anything else. Yeah, I know. I was talking to some writer friends recently, and one who um, wrote sweet romance initially, and then she wrote some saucy ones, um, still romance, <laughs> and then she's back to writing sweet romance because she says it's for her. She doesn't. It's just easier. Like she just prefer to just leave that part out just because she gets very stressed writing those scenes. Um, and we had laughed about it, I think, a while back because um, it's like you can only come up with so many um, words for certain body parts, you know, that don't yeah. sound absurd. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could see why people don't. And, and then, of course, there's always the different levels of it. So you have that are more explicit, and then you have some that are, you know, sort of like the door's maybe halfway open, and then you have some of the door just closes. Um, right. But definitely the, the, the tension's there. So, it, yeah, I, and definitely you can tell when, when writers really like writing those scenes versus they're kind of just writing them because it fills space. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's just a process we all have to learn for sure. But, yeah, sweet romances right. are great. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, all of the levels are wonderful. So other than reading, what else have you been, have you been watching anything? Have you been doing any series uh, binging? We've, uh, my husband and I have been, we watched The Queen's Gambit. Uh, really okay. enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that one. Um, and uh, I have started an online belly dancing class, which that's something new for me. I've never done that before, but it's been a way to get out of my chair and move during the pandemic. So that's right. been great. And I've enjoyed that. Um, so which uh, which class is that? I mean, which um, teacher? It is uh, someone in one of the writers groups that uh, she's been belly dancing for years, and so she offered a group to writers. And, oh uh, wow! And it's yeah, so it's been great fun. Huh? I mean, belly dancing is hard. It is not easy, and it takes um, it takes a lot of thought while you do it if you're going to do it yeah. right, and so. Sometimes I do it right, and sometimes I just have fun. Well, and what I love about it is, you know, if you go on and see these different belly dancers, um, they're all different sizes, and they're all different shapes and heights and uh, ethnicities. And, I mean, it's just like there's just all of it. And, man, it's empowering to see those women dancing. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the things that I like about it. Um, So. I agree. Yeah. With that. Have you gotten um, like a cute little, sh- you know, shimmy? Um, sc- what do they call them? The wraps? Um, like uh, I, I know. call it my jingle scarf, but I'm sure it has a yes. different name. But yes, I bought one, which I have to keep up and out of the way because otherwise my cats would probably attack it. Um, but oh, yes, I, right. Right. I ordered a jingle scarf. I love it. I, you know, those are fun, and you know, just walk around and look shimmery and pretty and I love it. (laughs) I took a couple of classes and I have a sister-in-law that took it for years um, and she just loves it. 
and it just I think it's just a fun I mean why not I mean honestly why mm-hmm. not you know right we you just get to the point in in your life you know hopefully most people do it before they're um you know in their 60s 70s or 80s but I mean even then you would say why not you know let's just let's just learn to belly dance cuz yeah. uh, because it's fun so are you going to put belly dancing in one of your books then yes it will show up in one of my books oh, i think it I will show it. up in ava pretty sure it's going to show up in ava's story so okay all righty well that's pretty cool so we'll have to keep that in mind um and then maybe uh people can write to you and or show you their their shimmy scarves or whatever it is when when that's right. you talk about avis <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh well. Okay. So you've got. So we're gonna go back over everything. You've got um, your newest book out now, which is um, the uh, Wrangled by Wrangled by Willis, and it's a sweet romantic comedy uh-huh. with on the Stargazer Spring Ranch, and that's book one. Enchanted by Joji is sweet romantic comedy. Stargazer Spring Ranch, book two. It comes out on March 11th. And then you're working on book three, possibly book four. Um, but all that stuff, people just have to keep checking in to see um, what you're doing and where you are for all that, correct? Yes, exactly. Perfect. And then you've got your other series also. Uh, you'll have books coming out from them as well. So you'll have, what, four books this year? At least. At least. Wow. That's what I'm uh, – we'll see what I add to it beyond that. But so far, I've planned for my first quarter, and then I kind of know what's coming after that a little bit. Okay. So you, you basically just – do you sit down and plan your whole year for goals, or do you just do um, just like the first quarter and then reevaluate? I I do detailed planning for a quarter at a time, and I'll have big goals. Like I want to, you know, finish out all six books in the Never Say Never series this year, and I want to put out mm-hmm. at least three books in the Stargazer Ranch series. So those are on my. This is what I want to do this year, but I don't plan things like giving them release dates except quarter by quarter. I see. Well, and and that's probably more reasonable and more manageable too. So you're not like beating yourself up with all of it. I try not to because it's easy to uh, overschedule. For sure, yeah. Because it seems like, oh, well, I'm home. I'll have plenty of time. But, you know, life is right. life, is life. you know, takes over. So for sure. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you, Remy Carrington slash Pamela, Pamela Humphreys. <laughs> thank you for having me. Absolutely. So everybody who's been listening, this has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio talking to Remy Carrington and Pamela Humphreys. And you can find Remy on Facebook, Instagram, um, on her website. All the links are in the write-up of the show. Her link for Wrangled by Lilith, uh, her newest book that is out today, is also there. And I will also put the link for the app that I mentioned. Um, And I look forward to talking to you again. Please come back when your next book is, is out and about. Sure. I'd love to. Excellent. So stay warm and keep reading, everyone, and please stay safe. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.